Hello, everybody. This is the Shut Up and Listen podcast, the greatest fucking music in this dimension. I'm George Lalia. And I am Charles CP Cool Hands Pike. Don't forget it. Um, Point of this podcast is us being fans of music and just listening to albums and breaking them down. Yeah, nothing original here. It's been done uh, with a couple other podcasts and done well. But we thought we'd add in our kind of albums that we think should be discussed. And, of course, we will be starting off with the song you just heard and the 1974 album On the Beach by Neil Young. And when I did a little research, I thought, oh, good, we'll do an album that no one's done. And I did a little more research, and it's been done twice. Oh, I'm sure. So it, this it, That's the problem with the internet, Google. Okay, I will have a great creative idea that I want to do. Uh, such as a podcast uh, about music, album breakdown podcast, yeah. and you know those guys who have already done it, mastered it, and and have a following even. Yeah, they got a good following, but they we picked the one album that's been done twice. There's three billion albums in this world. <laughs> we picked the one that's already been done twice. Well, what are you gonna do? It's uh, nonetheless the album is uh, worthy of being on a podcast three times. It really is. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, overlapping, and there's no competition about, I did this album, you can't do this album. Fuck it's those just, other podcasts. Yeah, fuck those guys and all their knowledge and knowing what's going on. But uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing here is just talking about albums that we tend to uh, enjoy. And we're starting off with kind of a dark one, so we're going dark. Yeah, right away. I mean, Neil Young, I think this is his... This was definitely an album that he came out with where he was just kind of like, fuck everybody. Fuck uh, American government. Fuck people who are, uh, I guess, haters of Neil Young at the time, where he was he was kind of put himself in a pigeonhole and then was just like, no, this is a big kind of a fuck you album. Yep. And and But musically, it's not, it doesn't have that like, oh, this is, this guy's angry, he's pissed off. Every song is beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's like, just a sonic masterpiece on all of them, uh, but his lyrics on this album are are pretty dark and uh, pretty dark and angry. Yeah, he was in a dark place uh, during this time, as George was alluding to. Uh, he was coming off of be- being a superstar with the album Harvest, mm-hmm. which like had all the great hits. And when I think of Neil Young, that's that's the Neil Young you think of, especially when you're a kid. Uh, you know, Heart of Gold. That's what you hear in classic uh-huh. rock. Yeah. That's kind of what you. Uh, that's what I kind of thought of him when I was, you know, in, in early teens. Didn't really think about him much. Didn't wasn't really into him. Um, just he was kind of a classic rocker. Uh, but you know, that's kind of where he was at at that moment. And he uh, had one of his closest sidekicks um, die of a heroin overdose. Oh, that's always fun. And Danny Witten was his kind of co-writer and was part of Crazy Horse. Um, and at the same time, one of their road managers, uh, Bruce Berry, died as well from heroin. Just between Harvest and, and On the Beach? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that, if the, that alone will kind of explain, like, all right, well, yeah, this guy was going through some shit. Yeah. And those two alone, let alone, like, alone, 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 alone. Uh, let alone everything else that was happening with his yeah. life and even the turmoil of the country. And yeah, he's fucking Canadian, but you know, 
you, you know, you think of Neil Young as an American rock legend. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I realized Canadian. he was Canadian until a lot longer. Yeah. Just always kind of felt like American. He's very uh, vocal on his politics. I mean, he'll write whole albums about a, po- a yeah. political stance. So. I mean, his last little thing was the, the Monsanto seeds thing. Yes. Um, I personally didn't pay much attention to that, but, uh, I mean, that's quintessential Neil Young. Yeah, I don't... Uh, there's something with me now. I'm, I'm stuck in the 70s albums for a lot of my favorite bands. I, I don't really listen to a lot of their current stuff or stuff in the 80s. I don't know what happened in the 80s to a lot of the classic rockers. I think cocaine and just being rich and kind of uninspired being popular for 20 years yeah years, i kind of have no idea what that feels and like definitely yeah and definitely i think with the uh the synths coming out in the in the late 70s and early 80s where yeah. casio keyboards or people were just like oh look i can press a button and this is a sound that's never been done before and as cheesy and and overproduced as a lot of that stuff was it was it probably was new it was mind-blowing at yeah the time. it was mind-blowing and somebody think like van halen doing jump yeah and like doing that like organ sound at the beginning or whatever it's not synth yeah. organ uh thing it's a sound that was never really heard before and yeah. now we hear it now it's like oh god like yeah new sounds coming out on on new uh systems just didn't seem at the time it probably seemed like it was the future and you know having reverb ton, tons of reverb on drums was uh kind of where it was at and it just sounds dated but thanks phil collins this album not so much this is as kind of rooted and dirty as you can get um and he's just kind of in a place that uh maybe a lot of people don't want to go to on the daily basis but we've all been there we've all had our dark times and that's where this kind of his this is where he is at uh in his moment in life now this is his fifth studio album but uh he had um tonight uh, tonight's the night which was recorded before but released after this album and tonight's the night is kind of even a darker album than this one and that was more going to be the follow-up to harvest and his uh record company was what the hell is this shit we're not doing (laughs) this what's wrong neil yeah uh they (laughs) they scrapped that that was not going to be put out he put out a live album right before so so it started harvest came out then he put out a live album called time fades away um, and this is all, this is when it starts, uh, the, the heroin overdoses, he's kind of getting sick of fame, probably all the hangers on. Um, and he writes tonight's the night gets scrapped. So he, uh, starts on the beach. Um, now these three albums are called the ditch trilogy. Mm-hmm. This is something that I just started reading about. I, I read the, uh, his biography over again, it called shaky and kind of didn't realize that this was part of this trilogy that he calls the ditch trilogy and it just kind of was him in that moment where he he was said he was kind of on the high road or the middle road and he wanted to drive drive off into the ditch <laughs> and go. just go where he wanted to go he was kind of uh uninspired by what he saw on the the bright side of fame now i know a lot of people say oh boohoo you're famous and that's what you wanted and now you're gonna bitch about it. Easy but to say that when you when you don't have that. And yeah. You have no. Yeah. When you're nobody. Six, when you're nobody. Like yeah. us and yeah. everyone. You're else. only as as loyal as your options. So. Yeah, and and Neil Young is one guy that will not uh, hold his his mouth on what he feels is uh, needs to be said. He's a rock star. And you know he'll he, he's also known for just ditching people, friends, 
if if they're not really giving him what he needs or he's just kind of or he feels like they're not inspired enough you know other musicians he'll just walk away from yeah. um well that's that that's kind of the the beautiful part of being a solo artist um yeah you can you can be Neil Young and be like you know what who I want to play on this record I want Levon Helm to play drums yeah just, just the drums I want song because I can yeah um, he's got the power to do that yeah and with that I mean that's kind of the like uh, the Shins Shins way of doing it James Mercer where he's just like okay cool this is my band all right you guys are cool let's make two albums together you know what no let's clear it out I mean yeah. Josh Homme was kind of the same way yeah those guys who I mean I can as being in a band it's like oh that seems kind of unfair. But if you're the guy fucking making the music, I mean, you're entitled to have your your shit be what you want. Yeah, I, there's just there's certain people out there that just have a vision and they're gonna run with it. And if anyone kind of stands in that way, they're gonna get run over or left behind. Yeah. Um, you know, and there, I'm not saying that there aren't times where he's definitely open to. Uh, I mean, he's been Crosby, Sills, and Nash. He did mm -hmm. that and Young. Um, even players he had on was here, he like Young in Nasby, uh, he was Crosby in that band. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. Did, yeah, I did not know that. He and he actually shaved his head like David Crosby, so he's bald on the top. He really went for the Crosby look. Well, he's a he's a chameleon. He is. He's a Canadian chameleon. That's his nickname that I just gave him right now. <laughs> Canadian chameleon. Yep. Uh, um, let's get into. Let's uh, let have people stop listening to our voice for a second, and let's. Uh, Fine, let's start somewhere. Yeah, we'll, we'll start off the song. Now, another quick thing. So this was in uh, 1974. He, when they were recording this, he had an engineer that you know was obviously recording it and starting to uh, tamper with the sound, and he did not like that. He wanted to keep the rough, unpolished mixes. Even though this sonically just sounds great and sounds like you're in the room with him, there's, there's nothing really touched up on. The, the engineer actually quit because he just got frustrated. He's like, what, what's my point yeah, doing? What, I just am I, hit, what am I doing? I hit record, and and Young was pretty much, yeah, that's your job. Yeah. Um, I want this as bare bones as you can get. Uh, he just kept the ref monitor mixes. And um, one other thing to keep in mind while we're listening to this album, and this is legendary now, and it's been mentioned on all the other things, all the other podcasts, is Honey Slides. Honey Slides. Yes, this album was... Charlie, what are Honey Slides? This album was created... In the state of Honey Slide Mind, which is uh, a, a goop of sautéed marijuana and honey. <laughs> Dude, stoners will come up with anything that, to ingenuity. Yeah. Stoners are nothing if not ingenious. And it was the 70s, too. Yeah. So they were really yeah. trying to experiment with other ways to get stoned. And if you've ever taken an edible... Uh, you'll relate to the kind of feeling of this album that some people can get. It's it's drifty and it's uh, droopy. Even his lyrics are kind of just like random thoughts. And when you get when you're really that stoned, you're just having pictures of weird visuals coming in and out, and you're you're all over the road. And that's kind of where this album is. So it's, I think it's good to uh, to note that that that's where his state of mind was. Not saying that it without it, this album yes. wouldn't have been that. And not saying that just because they did it. Or anybody else would be gonna go yeah. make an album on honey slides Someone, or any other drug for that matter. You have to be good. Yeah, no matter what it. drugs you do, that's all a myth. I mean, someone out there, some band, go do honey slides or now write an album, and I guarantee it'll probably be shitty. I mean, how many ba people in bands do you think do heroin because it's like fucking Allison Chains did heroin, Kurt Cobain did heroin. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a ton of heroin bands that also sucked. Or just yeah, never made or it. Or never 
did anything. Yeah, yeah. And, and you hear a lot about bands that once song, one guy gets in heroin, the band just slowly dissolves. So all that myth of that you have to be on drugs to make great albums, kind of true, but kind of not true. Yeah. Or you, you at least be experienced. Yeah, yeah. There, you gotta you gotta test the boundaries. I get that part. Um, but there's a lot of great musicians that don't need to do that. Uh, but for this one, Honey Slides is where it's at, and I, apparently they said it did feel like heroin. Yeah, performing some performance enhancing drug. Yeah, and that's kind of n- where Neil was at the time, just drinking a lot and uh, eating edibles. So that's that's you'll kind of feel that in this hour, I, at least I do, because I've been there before, and I'm sure George has Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's just keep in mind Honey Slides during some of these songs, especially the the last three songs on the album. That's it's a, that was a different uh session. The the last part of the album. The second half the, the B really sides was supposed to be the A side. Yep. Uh and, he, and so you, yeah, so like the last what last four or five songs were supposed to be the A sides. Kind of, I think last start, three start songs. with last three songs on the beach. Okay, so start with on the beach. Yeah, uh, on the beach is the sixth song on the album. Yep. Uh, so he was going to start with that, and then at the last minute, the his uh, producer was like, "You should switch it over." He did, and then I guess years later, said he regretted that decision. Yeah, he said he kind of caved in. Um, he wished that he started the album with on the beach and then motion pictures and ambulance blues. I, you know, I don't know how starting to with walk on is not a bad way to start it because it yeah. walk on is definitely it's not it's not the droopier of the songs. It's it's definitely a yeah. harder hitting song. It's kind of confusing. If you hear that song, you're going to think the album's going to be a little more upbeat or just kind of, you know, it's it's more in the standard Neil Young song. It kind of sounds like it could have been from harvest or something else not really I, I but was, i was thinking on the way here i was listening today i was like oh this could have been on the gold rush yeah this could have been on the gold rush yeah i mean i guess you can say that about this could have been on any album yeah and, 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 and even someone else was discussing that about neil young is a lot of his al- songs sound like they could be played on different albums he doesn't always have like a cohesive sound but the rest of the the songs on this album kind of do they feel oh, like yeah. they could all yeah. that you couldn't really exchange them around, but walk on, which we should play right now since we're talking about it. Uh, but that was one other thing we wanted to get out there is yeah, he, he caved in, he wanted the album to start with on the beach motion pictures and ambulance blues, which is the, are the last three songs. Uh, they're really long. They're almost seven minutes. Two of them are almost seven minutes long. And these are acoustic seven minutes. Uh, it doesn't sound like it. It goes by really fast, but, uh, still to start an album off like that, I think a lot of people would be kind of discouraged. Yeah. Anyways, well, it's the luxury you have when you're new young. He does what he wants. So let's uh, let's start with the beginning of this album, uh, "Walk On," and then we'll uh, kind of get into who's on it and kind of how we feel about it. Neil Young's "Walk On."
Ooh, so Sooner nice. or later, it all gets real. Sooner or later, it all gets real, everybody. Walk on. What a what a nice way to start an album. Uh, I mean, that slide guitar on it is just, it's beautiful. It's simple. Um, we, we got some players on here. We got Bill Talbot on bass. Or, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, Neil Young's playing guitar. Ralph Molina is actually playing slide guitar on this. I have that. I know he's... Uh, I, he's play, playing He's playing the drums on this. Is he? Yeah. Oh, maybe I have that written yeah, down yeah. wrong. My bad. Ben Keith is playing slide guitar and doing a great job uh, background vocals. Yeah. Um, that's That part really kind of got to me. He, he's, he's trying to harmonize with Neil Young, which I can't imagine. There's a couple of... Uh, there's a couple of times in the album, and off the top of my, I wouldn't be able to exactly pinpoint them to the to to the exact times. Yeah. But there's times it's like, ooh, there's a little weird uh, melody, not you know, not being in sync. But oh. how do you sing with Neil Young? Yeah. Well, that that's another thing is Neil Young doesn't care about getting the right take. Uh, they a lot of these are one takes or a couple takes, and they try to harmonize. And if it works, it works. Yeah. His voice cracks in oh, some songs. Yeah. And tonight's the night. It, it like falls apart and he keeps the takes. So, yeah, if you're looking for some professional perfect take singing, this is not the album for you. Listen to if, Adele. But She's if you want a, uh, a man that's, you know, kind of bleeding and getting down to uh, his dirty depths of uh, darkness. And that's singing from his heart. Singing from his goddamn heart. Listen to him play. Kind of the, the intro to our whole... Uh, which was Bill Hicks, by the, the way. The great Bill Hicks, yeah. Yes. In case you guys didn't catch that, uh, Bill Hicks. Uh, he was the one who said, shut up and listen to them play. I want a man who plays from his fucking heart. Uh, not not a funny joke, but a true statement. Well, I mean, not to get into Bill Hicks, but uh, towards definitely towards the end of Bill Hicks's life, it was just like, okay, that's, yeah, that's interesting information, Bill. Thank you. I, I think it was Where less about... Jokes? Yeah, less about me, or less about... More about less about me, more about my opinion. You know, yeah. I don't think he really want cared yeah. about. Anyways, that's not about him. But no. yeah, that was him on the intro, and that's kind of where we got inspired to just play songs that we fucking like from people that are playing from their heart. And um, yeah, just on on walk on. He, uh, I don't know. What do you think it's about? It's just kind of. I think he's kind of telling people that he's moving on. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of a fuck you to people. I mean, yeah. I like that this song uh, started the album because I mean dude, the first the first lyric I hear some people have been talking me down. Bring up my name, pass it around. They don't mention happy times. They do their thing. I'll do mine. It's like yeah. I, at this point, he was famous enough, and like we said earlier, this is his him running to run off in the ditch uh, album, and yeah. just lyrically right away it was kind of just like all right, well fuck you guys. Yeah, I'm, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah, and I, I I think some of it could be related to Crosby, Stills, and Nash, too. Uh, apparently, they weren't uh, the most uh, prolific band, and Neil Young was, and he's just kind of wondering, what the hell are you guys all doing? Let's If, if, if you're not going to be working on songs, I'm, I'll move on. Yeah, I don't need to wait around. Um, you guys are just kind of being a little lazy, and, uh, and, and yeah, if anyone talks shit about you, well, that's their problem, and uh, I'm just gonna keep keep going. Life keeps changing. I'm not dwelling on problems, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a nice little kind of walking strut drum beat too mm -hmm. to it. Uh, yeah, I think I think 
I mean, it's as simple as uh, it's a great the song title. To to. But yeah, it's de- it's definitely as, I think as simple as the title is "Walk On." It's just kind of like, all right, keep things moving, like don't stay stagnant. Uh, keep just keep it moving. Keep moving on, and that's what we're gonna do. Walk on. <laughs> Seamless segue. Seamless <laughs> Actually, segue. there is one part that I would like to play. Um, it's just kind of the breakdown. I like to play a lot of the little, you know, the solos or whatever. But here's, let's just listen to this little ditty right here. Very nice. Nice little walk yeah, down bass. Simple, mm-hmm. not overdoing it. No guitar hero. Um, yeah, just a great, great way to start the album. But things will change very quickly. Um, like we said, that's probably the most upbeat song on this album. And then it's not that it gets dark and uh, depressing. It just it mellows out yeah. pretty, pretty <laughs> aggressively here. So that takes us to See the Sky. About to rain, which uh, I think is one of the most beautiful. Here you go, it's a Wurlitzer. That's a pretty one, and that's actually Neil on the Wolitzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, I remember hearing this song probably six years ago, before I really even knew the album. I remember hearing that uh, that Whirly, and it that reverb on that, the the delay on that is perfect. It, it's the, a perfect sounding song or uh, tone. Yeah, and. Just to start off with that, uh, it's it's goddamn pretty. I think we were talking about this last week too. We were, you know, obviously we knew we were going to be doing this, and uh, you know, obviously it says it's about to rain, but it really does. the The Woolwiches sound. I, I was telling George last week. It sounds like what it <laughs> looks like to look at water running down your the back of a car window. The back of a car window <laughs> when it's raining. It's definitely it's it's it's. Drippy, for lack of a better term, and we're yeah. gonna use it again. It, it's it's. It feels like water. it's raining when you're listening to the song. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like water. Uh, whatever that means, I don't know if people don't agree, but uh, it just has that. I, I imagine sitting in a car when it's raining and you just see the rain trickling down. Um, one thing I do like about this too is during the verses, there's no drums, and then it kicks in for the. Um, like, I don't know if it's even the chorus Breakdown. or the pre-chorus. I wanted to get to that after his first verse, the little, um, the, wor- the whirly uh, solo. Yeah. 
I mean, come on. <clears throat> Another thing, just a great melody that he's singing. It's beautiful. I don't know uh, where it came from. It's uh, lyrically, I don't really know. It's kind of about trains. It's one of those train songs. <laughs> There's a lot of them it, it, out there. It's, it's definitely. I think. Uh, I think it's definitely a literal, in, literal song. That I don't. I don't know how many uh, metaphors or, or, or ulterior meanings the song has. I think it's. I can. I just imagine him sitting on like in in like one of those western movies, sitting on a train while it's going, and he's over some like big plane, and he sees the, he sees a uh, uh, like a storm out in the distance, and he goes. Time to, write, time to write this song. I could see that. And I, I do like Some Are Bound for Happiness, Some Are Bound for Glory, or To Glory. Some Are Bound to Live with Less, Who Can Tell Your Story. So kind of uh, leave it up to fate how things are going to work out for you. Now, another thing about this song is the year before, the band The Birds, uh, actually Neil Young gave them the song to record for uh, one of their albums, the, the Birds album. Um, and let's just take a quick listen to what, how they interpreted it and uh, just, just a quick listen. Interesting. I mean, compared to Nail's version, it's not even close. I uh, do like the. I do like that they still kept the. Uh, the thing I like, uh, melodically, the thing I like in uh, Neil's version, is the ba 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 going. The little just descending triad, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, the birds still kind of kept that in. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's pretty close to. Yeah. yeah the formation of it but, but that Wurlitzer sound I mean it's that, that's the whole song yeah the Wurlitzer uh, not the steady drum beat throughout the whole song I like how it like, again that it drops off on Neil's version um, and if I'm not mistaken was that the first time Levon Helm shows up to the party it is yep it is Levon Helm of the band fame yes of, he's of the fame of fame of the band yes of fame the of band. the band how do you say that a famous drummer from the band. <laughs> Maybe people don't even know he, of who he is, but yes, he's the drummer from the band. Lee Von Helm the passed away just a couple of years ago. I actually got to see him play um, probably two years before he passed away up in San Francisco just at the. the Solo show? No, what's the festival up there? Outside Lands. Outside Lands. Yeah. Um, and it was great. He played. Um, what's one of my favorite songs? Um, the shape I'm in, he did that, of course. and that was that was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, this is the first time he shows up on the album. I think he only plays one more song, but he's in Revolution Blues. Yep, which will be the next song. And and kind of what uh, George is saying is, Neil Young has the power to kind of just say, I would like you to come and jam with me. I think Levon Helm and a couple other guys in the band were in L.A., and you know Neil Young has the power to just call him up and say, come uh, come jam. 
uh, speaking of uh, Los Angeles, he this was recorded, or at least a good portion of this was recorded at Sunset Studios or Sunset Sound uh, mm-hmm. Studio in Hollywood, California. The same Sunset Sound you see still standing, and that place needs to have a documentary made about it. Yeah, just the amount of records uh, that have been recorded there is ridiculous like and it's a very non-suspecting building uh and i don't know who still records there or anything like that but i mean rolling stones recorded there i think recorded there zeppelin's recorded there yep this was recorded there and it's just some magic in that place yeah i think i was we were talking about that too when the first time i kind of moved to la i was going around to all the the famous landmarks and I imagined that place being made out of gold or just like a shining <laughs> building. And then you just pull up and it's still like from the outside, it's, it's got that like, you know, seventies yep. sign on the outside, but yeah. it just kind of looks like, Oh, that could be a weed shop or something. Yeah. I didn't know what, why it should be look any better than that, but just the, the music that was coming out of that, there's a lot of power in that. Um, yeah. I would like to go walk through the studio. Same thing with like Abbey road, just some of these studios that just get that, you know, it's, hauntedness yeah the the sounds are in those walls yeah 100 percent. but yeah so uh recorded in la and i don't know if we, should we talk about the album cover or do you want to do that a little later we can talk about the album cover uh since we're talking about la it's uh it's the uh, the album is called on the beach and that is exactly where neil young is um on the cover he's kind of standing out looking out into the ocean well, uh, it looks like malibu or santa monica yeah, he lived out in Malibu, so it's probably there. Um, we don't, I don't have the exact information of it. It's, it's definitely, uh, it's my favorite album cover of his. He's got some good ones, but this one's his most kind of surreal, psychedelic. Yeah, definitely. With the, you got the car uh, fender yep. just in the back, uh, back little portion stuck in the sand. Yep, and and that actually comes from um, a couple of years, or maybe ten years earlier. There was a book called The Drought by. J.G. Ballard, and it has the front cover just has the Cadillac fin sticking out of sand on, oh, the, on okay. the front of the uh, the book. And that book is about awaiting the arrival of deadly radiation spreading towards this group, this family. So there's a nuclear bomb that Uplifting. went off. Uplifting. Yeah. <laughs> and it almost looks like him looking out, kind of waiting for the... I, I don't know. I've read some some... Um, articles on the cover and you know and, and it's it's him it, some people look at it as him facing death or facing oblivion just looking out into the the great beyond uh or just moving on you know kind of looking out to see what's next but it's yeah by far my favorite album cover um one of mine just of all time it's just the first time i saw it it just kind of hooked me i like the yellow of it's it great it's uh yeah it, i mean i like the fact that he's wearing like a a white tuxedo or white suit all he's definitely wearing all white it's kind of hard to tell exactly what he's wearing but. yeah he's got his boots off he's got them off to the side um there's an umbrella with two uh two chairs now apparently the under the underside of the umbrella there's like a floral or flower pattern when you buy the vinyl the sleeve is that same um the, fl- flower. the floral floral pattern yeah nice which I, uh, it, and i think the to the left and to the right of that, there is more of the photo as well. Yeah, there might be a little more. Yeah, because I, I have the CD, and when you open the the liners, there's more. You see like more beach, and yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. If the, I don't remember if there was any you know extra props or whatever, but it's it's just something like who, 
who are the two chairs for? Were they buddies that left, and he's like, I'm not fucking leaving? It's, but you see how he has a, uh, he's got a, a recliner. Yeah. He was, he was probably just laying down, and then he decided to stand up. Is he one of those guys that goes to the beach and doesn't take any of his clothes off? <laughs> he wears a ye- he wears a yellow blazer and white pants. Yeah. And just takes his shoes off. Yeah. Goes swimming in it. Uh, yeah. What are you doing now? Where are you? Who are you with? It's it's kind. Oh, and one other. There's another couple of cool things. He's got a Coors Light bottle mm-hmm. waiting for him. Did he already drink it? Is he? Is, is he getting more? Did did someone else drink it? You know what what's going on there? And then there's a newspaper at the bottom. And again, going back to him always being political, you can't read it from what we're looking at, but uh, it says Senator Buckley calls for Nixon to resign. And this album was kind of a like uh, walk walk on was in a way a a slight to Nixon. Yep. Yeah. Um, not a fan of Nixon. Not a fan of Nixon. And I think it was just a couple months after this album came out, he resigned. There you go. So Neil Young must have been, I think maybe he started writing more happier songs after this because the man he so despised was no longer in office. A Canadian guy hates, uh, hates the uh, American president. Yeah. Well, Canadians are def- definitely not, uh, not ashamed to kind of state their uh, political opinions on, on a lot of Canadian Arc- Arcade Fire will do the same thing? Yeah. Um, so uh, going on to kind of... Uh, what George is saying, political songs will go to Revolution Blues. Uh, it's it's a mix of a whole bunch of stuff, but let's let's take a little listen and then we can uh, discuss. First thing, George, that jumps out to me is great rhythm section. It's it with the boom, boom, boom. <sighs> yeah, the boom, boom, the boom. that's uh, Rick Denko. Yes, it's the. This is where we have actually the rhythm section to the band, uh, Rick Denko and Levon Helms on the percussive section of this, the rhythm section, and right there you have the the underbelly of the band, and it's just you can hear the groove. It's it's beautiful. That bass is. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of got the Paul McCartney kind of melody. Boom, boom, boom. That's that's George and I doing the <laughs> bass, um, the rhythm section of this podcast. But yeah, very uh. poppy kind of bass. Nice. It just got a good groove to it. Um, I I just uh, I guess Ben Keith is on the Wolitzer piano, um, and then David Crosby playing rhythm guitar. So he's got his homeboy from Crosby, Stills and Nash. Um, playing rhythm now apparently david crosby was not a fan of this song the lyrics i I, w- I was just gonna get into next is yeah. i think this is one of the stronger 
lyrical songs uh, on on the album. Yeah, and it's not that he didn't like the lyrics. He thought it wasn't uh, funny or he thought it was dangerous to be kind of talking about what he was talking about. And a lot of this song alludes to Charles Manson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that I guess that would that would make sense. I mean, anytime you're in a, in in any way insinuating any sort of uh, revolution, you're gonna have you're gonna have people being like, "Hey, hey, guy, hey, take it easy there." Yeah, you're talking about revolution, and, and you know he has the line, um, you know, I hear Laurel Canyon uh, is full of famous stars, but I hate them worse than lepers, and I'll kill them in their cars. Yeah. So, so if that's not that's very much an allusion to. Uh, to Charles Manson. Uh, well, absolutely. There's actually some direct. Um, I mean, he even kind of said this is alluding to uh, Manson. They he knew Charles Manson in the late '60s, as did the Beach Boys. Um, he actually thought he was a good musician and tried to help him out to get a record contract. Mm-hmm. And he said something like, "This guy's good, but he's a little out there. He's a little weird." <laughs> I can only imagine what that really means. If if Neil Young's saying like, oh, "This guy's a little weird," he's probably a little weird. And not that Neil Young's like a weird, weird. Uh, but he is. You know, no, yeah, but he's no. I, I mean, I don't consider Neil Young like to be. Uh, I guess like I guess yeah. David Bowie, but nobody's like David no. Bowie. But in that, just sort of. Chame- I guess he is the Canadian chameleon, as we as we call him. Right <laughs> now. So I, I I'll take back my remark. We're giving him that Canadian chameleon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's one part that really does allude to. Um, uh, Manson and it's I got the Revol- revolution blues the sea bloody fountains and 10 million dune buggies coming down the mountains uh, apparently Manson for, for the race riot that he saw happening he wanted to have millions of dune buggies out in the desert ready to swarm swarm <laughs> during the race riots and another nice little segue is the dune buggies and this album and Neil Young are also in Father John Misty's song, I'm writing a novel, um, where he alludes to on being on a dune buggy with Neil. Yep. What's the lyric is, uh, I ran down the road on a dune buggy with Neil. Yep. You said you're going to have to drag me down on the beach if you ever want to write for real. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great <laughs> line, yep. Father John Misty. Uh, maybe another album we'll be doing in the future. but For sure. Uh, just a nice little fun fact there. Yeah, nice little. Uh, so obviously he's given a shout out to uh, this album as well. It's probably a big influence on him. Um, but so, yeah, so there, there's that aspect of it. Uh, it, he's, it almost sounds like he's kind of agreeing with some of the revolution ideas. But at the same time, it's, it's that whole uh, it, you, the, the person that wants to start the revolution ends up being just as bad as everyone else that he's fighting against, you know. Well, that's kind of that. It, there is the line where he goes, uh, it, "It's actually, I think it might be my favorite lyric in it." And he goes, uh, in, "In this land of conditions, I'm not above suspicion. I won't attack you, but I won't back you." Yep. And just that line, "In this land of in this land of conditions, I'm not above suspicion." I, that's just, it's very like, all right, you, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. You, yeah. I, I, you guys are okay, but I'm not gonna, you know. Jump in on the, <laughs> jump on the dune buggy. Yeah, what's th- what's the real plan here? And then you hear the real plan, and you're like, oh boy, this is gonna end up worse than the yeah. state we're in right now. Yeah, I mean that that's probably where the Charles Manson stuff comes from. Where I mean, Charles Manson wanted to have a revolution of sorts, and he went about it in you know maybe not the best way. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's kind of going to we all have that. We have the uh, 
the dark side of us that wants to change everything and then the kind of nice side that we're kind of accepting the way things are. And I think he's kind of conflicted. You're like, yeah, I, I see your point, but I can't go there. I can't yeah. go that far. You're, yeah. you're, you're babbling here, kind of like I'm babbling. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a good overall song. But Crosby did not want them to play it, um, getting back to him. So he plays on rhythm guitar on this. And they went on a Crosby, Sills, Nash um, tour. I think it was a couple months after this album came out. And Neil Young wanted to play this song. They did a couple times, and Crosby was just like, "We can't. We're not playing this anymore." Because you know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash songs are these pretty harmony mm-hmm. songs. And then you come in with this dirge. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure the people who were uh, Crosby, uh, Cro- Crosby, Crosby, Stills, and Nash fans, pu- uh, purists for you know. And then when when Neil Young comes in, they're probably just like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" Yeah. They want to hear. He's got an attitude. He's got issues. He's Canadian. Um, They want to hear our house is a very, very, very fine house. Is that them? I don't even know. Everything I've, I've, I understand the uh, the legacy of Crosby, Stills and Nash. Too harmonious and pretty. Yeah. You can listen. I can listen to a couple, and it's like, all right, cool. I mean, uh, like Stephen Stills' solo shit is great. Mm-hmm. The, the individual, I like them better than than the, than the trio. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Neil Young came in. And I mean, it just shows if you look at the track record, who was the dominant one yeah. here. I mean, yeah. just Neil Young writes masterpiece albums. The other guys do, you know, some good stuff, but mm-hmm. Neil's obviously the uh, the alpha male here. Now let's just do one little part of this song again. It's the uh, We'll kind of go into the the solos, and of course, right when I do that, the uh, iTunes pauses up. Oh, well. um, um, I I love I love the solo on this po- on this song. Yeah. I don't know, gonna know what part you're gonna play too. It's, it's all right. We can just uh, we can just talk. It's kind of stuck right now while we're uh, waiting for that. But yeah, um, we kind of discussed who played on it. Um, uh, here we just go. go into the lyrics of the, of this song. Well, I'm a barrel of laughs with my carbine on. I keep them hopping with my till my ammunition's gone. But I'm still not happy. I feel like something's wrong. I got the revolution blues. I see bloody fountains and ten million dude buggies coming down the mountains. What the fuck? Yeah, and he's and he's kind of <laughs> saying it like kind of pissed and yeah, not really he's, singing. He's, he's got just, an attitude. I'm just not happy. Yeah. yeah, he's he's I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's one of a weird Neil songs if there ever is one. But here's the the section I finally got to. So that's what it would sound like if Neil Young was in the band. Spicy, yeah, right. That would, uh, I mean, that the rhythm section of that is is yeah. solid as hell. That doesn't uh, that doesn't surprise me at all that there's guys who've been in a band or in a ba- in the band together. 
uh, playing rhythm on I, that. That's just yeah. Solid. I think that's out of all the. I mean, the the last three songs don't really have any drums, but I think out of all the songs, that's the tightest band song on the album. Mm-hmm. Just a nice groove, and it's not flashy. Again, it's just kind of simple. The, the bass, the, the bass is jumping around, and it's. I think that's kind of the lead instrument. Yeah, and it, it works well. So moving on. The next song uh, I think is the weirdest song. Not the weirdest. But, um, there's something about this song that rubs me the wrong way. Okay. But not not in like oh, I skip this song. Yeah. It, it makes me uh, the song makes me uncomfortable, and I don't know why. All right, let's let's give it a little uh, a listen for a little bit, and then we'll uh, we'll see why George is so perturbed. Here we go. This is for the turnstiles. For the turnstiles. I forgot to put my headphones on. Sorry about that, George. This song, just the the twangy Neil playing that twangy banjo. I, it's 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 weird. It's yeah. a weird song. It is. So you got Neil Young on the banjo. You got Ben Keith on the dobro. Dobro is the like, uh, um, what's his name? John Fogerty plays it. Does he? Yeah. It's it's kind of like a stringed. It's like a guitar type thing, but metallic, weird yeah. box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I kind of like. I think it's kind of like a like a steel guitar. If I'm not mistaken, could be completely wrong. We could Google it, but you know, rather rather assume that I'm correct than <laughs> than look look up and look anything up. Yeah. So this this is a weird one. This is a bluegrass country folk song. I, I imagine sitting them on sitting porch. out on porch. <laughs> yeah, tapping their foot, m- maybe a rocking chair. Piece of hay stuck in, in his mouth. Or just overalls on and 
Uh, and <laughs> y- you got the line, uh, though your confidence may be shattered, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, and what he, are you and, do? He, and he kind of sh- his voice kind of shatters right when he says yeah. that too. Maybe shatter. Um, pretty good. Yeah. I, I, what is this song about, George? I uh, don't know. For the turnstiles, makes me think it's it's people just going through life nor like with no uh sense of purpose or direction that's kind of where i think just kind of people just kind of going through yeah uh going through the motions of life because he talks about um all the great explorers and now the granite is laid under white sheets for the uh, big unveiling at the big parade what what does that mean i don't know the the great explorers thing kind of makes me like oh well these people doing great things yeah just to have a I don't know, a sheet covered over it? I'm not really sure. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Is it kind of even exploring just people that try to, it doesn't even have to be exploring the world, but just exploring your mind or whatever, just trying to, one of those people that kind of push the boundaries and then at the end of the day, you're you're still going to die too. You're going to be laid in the granite. Very, yeah. The, yeah, I, I, Definitely, that's that's very possible. Th- this album keeps sounding to me like no matter what you do, just you're gonna die. You're gonna die. <laughs> deal with it, and or d- don't deal with it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I think like the the first verse it might have to do with musicians. You know, all the sailors with the seasick mamas hear the sirens on the shore singing songs for pimps with tailors who change ten dollars, who charge ten dollars at the door. It might have. I don't know. Maybe he's singing just about the pimps and the the bad the the evil people of the biz- the music business who are just in it for the buck while the the true the the explorers or the you know the sailors or whatever he wants to call them in each verse are the the musicians trying mm-hmm. to get some emotion explore make yeah. do the ones who are actually doing some work yeah and the guy who yeah like a record executive or or something like that yeah even uh, if uh, it could be about nixon as well <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of all over the place. Uh, all the Bush League batters are left to die on the diamond, as it you see right there. Yeah, in the stands, the home the home crowd scatters for the turnstiles for the turnstiles, leaving. Get out of there. Yeah, are Dying. they are they headed to uh, death? Yeah, possibly. I, I, I like the sound of the song. It, it's definitely it throws you off the first time yeah, you hear it. Yeah, I think that yeah. When I said like I I I'm perturbed by it. It wasn't like it, it, it. It's just I don't really know the way he, what the song's about. No, his voice in this uh, is very whiny. Not whiny. Uh, what's whiny? But like a nice way to say whiny. You know, he's he's Neil Young in it. Yeah. Uh, and the banjo. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. It really is. It's it's well played, but uh, it's. I mean, some people consider it their favorite song on the album. I'm sure everyone can say that about every song, but it, it, it's it's a highlight. Uh, it just it f- coming from Revolution Blues to this is to the stripped down banjo song. Yeah. So we couldn't really help you out uh, telling you what what it's about, but that's kind of the beauty of it. It's just a weird little fourth song on the album that's kind of random and doesn't it's just two guys jamming out banjo style a little country song um and takes us into the next uh, and uh, i didn't mention this before but there's out of eight songs three of them have blues mm-hmm. and then revolution ambulance and what we're going into now vampire blues
Sell you 20 barrels worth. I'm I'm guessing oil companies. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it's kind of obvious maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think this song, I mean, and then it just kind of continues going down. I think it's a very simple song. Uh, yeah, the, it's it's the people raping land. Metaphor. Yeah, it's dripped in metaphors, yep. but it's also completely direct metaphor, and you re- you kind of really know what he's talking about. Um, in this song, well, you got the three verses, but the I guess chorus you'd call it. Good times are coming. I hear it everywhere I go. Good times are coming. I hear it everywhere I go. Good times are coming, but they're sure coming slow. That that's it's great. Yeah, it's <laughs> like all right. Like, when's this good time gonna come? Yeah, we keep singing about it, but uh, seems like it's getting worse to me. So uh, a great organ playing too by Ben Keith on this. Ooh boy, that's that old uh, the Hammond B6. And I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's like turning off. That's the the Hammond uh, B6 organs, like with Otis Redding. All the, all mm. these guys used it. It's got a, a le- uh, oscillating Leslie speaker in it, so and I think it's made out of clay inside. So basically, inside this box, you got a, a thing spinning, and that's where you get the nice sound. Yeah. And you can control the tempo of, of the spinning. Where you, that's where you're gonna get your your womp womp gotcha. uh, from it. And that's to me the most perfect organ sound in the world is that. Yeah, it really is. It's it's a nice sound, and it's throughout this whole uh, song. I, I really like it. Uh, the other kind of thing that jumps out, and it's playing right now, but we'll we'll back it up ag- again here, is I'm going to call it the non-guitar solo. It's just, it, if it sounds like it could fall apart. It sounds like it's probably a first take. Um, and then there's one part, it, the later in the song, he it, he doesn't even really play anything. He just goes, dun, dun, dun. Like, he doesn't even want to play a solo. Like, he's just fucking tired. This is where a solo, sh- solo should be. Here we go. Here's uh, the solo. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It falls, we're like, well, where is it? Oh, it's, oh, it's done. Oh, his, his solo's over. Yeah. Uh, but that organ in the back, keeping it, it, keeping it, it solid. Yeah, the organ keeps it. And, and I'm not saying I don't like I like the solo a lot, but I like how he just, it sounds like it's probably the first take. Yeah. And there's one part that sounds like he's just like, like kind of fidgeting around, like, where am I going to go next? Mm-hmm. Keeps it all in. And the notes, they're just, the song's kind of disturbing to me, and the solo kind of perfectly jumps on it captures that yeah captures that weird feel it's almost like a vampire is sucking the soul out of him while he's trying to play the solo um would you say it was sucking the solo out of him i just kicked george out (laughs) uh hold on just listen to this one other part listen to this solo
They almost gave up. The, and it's right after he says the good times are coming. Yeah. You're, you're expecting a good time? Yeah. No. No, this is what it is. I, I think he just held one note. Just kind of falling apart. It almost sounded like the drums were about to stop. Like, are we done? Oh. You still playing? You still want me to play, Neil? You didn't do anything, but uh, I, I think that's a that's kind of the uh, what's the word? That's exactly what these honey slides are doing to you. Yeah, that, that part right there where he's like, "This is awesome." That's this true. One note, this one note sounds awesome right here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think uh, even though th- that was a different session, and I, I, I'm sure they were getting high on the whole the whole time, but that one d- is definitely the first one that sounds. Like it's even though he's singing, he sounds a little lethargic. Mm-hmm. His voice is starting. To, oh, that's the other thing I didn't mention is his voice starts to get lower. It seems to me his register gets lower throughout the album, and then we're about to get onto side two where he sings low. Mm-hmm. Well, he, yeah, you, with like "See uh, the Sky's About to Rain," he's got that high pitched Neil Young voice. Yep. Revolution Blues, he's kind of like going at kind of a talky his talk R- rant. tone. And then for the turnstiles, well, for the turnstiles, it goes high again. No, it's he's pretty high for the, <laughs> yeah. the fir- yeah the yeah. first half of the album. And this one, he's he's yeah he's definitely at a lower register. Starting here. to slow down a little bit, and that takes us to side two. If you have a vinyl, which either neither of us have the vinyl. I don't. Yeah. No. Apparently, it was these couple albums. Even on CD, they didn't release them. They were kind of just yeah, lost to. They put out a couple or they like did it for like a year or something and then they stopped print uh, i think i think in like 81 or something 82 again the they just stopped stopped it the music industry guessing that uh no one wants these albums when uh, as time has passed has become except or you know i don't know if it's universally accepted but for a lot of fans th- these are his best albums and you know, they didn't sell as well. I, this album did not sell. I mean, I think it got, went gold, um, which is, you know, obviously great for most artists. But for what he was doing with Harvest, this was considered a failure, which I'm sure he didn't give a shit about. Um, so, yeah. So th- so now we're going to go on to side two. And again, this is he wanted the album to start off with this song and these next two after that. Um, well, before we do that, yeah. uh, about your point about the the release or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the eighty, they stopped producing in the early eighties, and then nothing until like fans banded together t- to uh, want uh, to tell Neil, "Hey, release this shit on on CD." Yeah. He didn't want to because of fidelity problems and sound issues, which is kind of funny considering now he's got the or not now, but he's got that you know high fidelity. Tape player in 2003, he was saying CDs are going to have a problem with uh, f- fidelity issues. If, yeah. And for an album that's not overly produced, where you need to have every you know yeah. every little snare drum and, and fill yeah, or whatever on there, it's, it's you can li- you can listen to the song on on a shitty little vinyl player, yeah. and I think you still get the, the point of you get the point across. Yeah, if not even more so considering it is so lo-fi or whatever. And, and not to get into the whole vinyl battle and, and all that kind of stuff, but it, it, it must have been weird to grow up in that time and only be listening to vinyls and then have it switch over instead of where I came, where I was born into in U2 with MV3s and CD players and then listening to vinyls and mm-hmm. going back. Mm-hmm. He Just being so used to that warm, low-end sound it must have been for him, for someone that is like an audiophile, just 
obsessiveness. Blasphemy. Yeah, he. I, I just don't think he ever came around to uh, the new sound um, that CDs and MP3s uh, picked up. You know, he's kind of one of a purist. You know, with Jack White and and, and that crew. I, I, God so bless them, but yeah. you, you got to realize. I mean, they got, they. Yeah, I'm gonna tell Jack White and, and Neil Young what to do, but that's for five percent of people. Yeah. The rest, ninety-five percent of people, don't give a fuck. You know, and to try to sell like what titles kind of doing with high fidelity sound, nobody can tell the difference. Yeah. So for you to try to sell higher, you know, it's got six forty instead of three twenty or whatever. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. I, and, I, I and God bless him for trying. Times. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, the the uh, intention is pure, I think, and just yeah. for the love of music and trying to keep it pure. But well, you know, what was Jack White's uh, music quote at Coachella? Music is sacred. Music is sacred. Yeah. yeah. Some of uh, some people it's disposable, um, but I some people it's unfortunately it's for a lot of people. Religion. And I don't think it'd be anybody listening to this podcast. Like, oh, I don't like music, uh, yeah. but I'll listen to these two dickheads talk about Neil Young. Um, but most people you ask people what hey what, what kind of music like oh, just kind of whatever's on the radio yeah that to me like i that's not a and I'll, i can speak with you speak for you here that is so out of our like what wheelhouse huh you you just whatever's on you're like a you're nothing you can't even like, name me a band yeah or well, you know I, I can't all right well Different strokes for different folks. Yeah, they they say they got a lot of other things on their mind, and it's you know it's secondary. That's that's fine, but uh, you have to feel like you just missed out on a certain aspect of life. A very large aspect. Just like of if life. you've never taken psychedelics or whatever. That sex. Is there people that aren't having any sex? I, I assume so. I mean, yeah, there's obviously got to be a percentage. <laughs> it's probably people that listen to this uh, podcast. podcast. <laughs> uh, so we're going to side two. Um, and you know the name of the album is on the beach. The name of the song is on the beach. Uh, this is where I, I feel the honey slides uh, really started uh, kicking in. This, this, these three songs were all in one session. Um, a lot of it live. A lot of uh, Ben Keith and Rusty Kershaw playing in the room all together. Um, I believe it was Rusty Kershaw that said he he wanted to sit right next to Neil and almost like feel him and. And, and watch the chords he's playing. A, a lot of this, and, and even Neil Young was surprised, it was Rusty uh, didn't know the song, didn't even really know what chords he was going to go to sometimes, and they would just start jamming on it and re just record it, and he would just kind of play along. For, to for this session specifically? For, yeah, for these sessions. And you can hear it. It sounds like you're, you're in the room with these guys, um, and you might be on edibles as well. Anyways, uh, here's On the Beach.
I hope it don't turn away, George. The world is turning, and I hope it don't turn away. Uh, another song about death? Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot going on in this song. Uh, th this is uh, six minutes and 59 seconds, so almost a seven-minute song. Um, and it, it it flies by. It's 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 beautiful, but uh, it's it's mellow. We got Ben Keith on the hand drums on this one, and we actually have Graham Nash showing up to the party. There you go. He's playing the Wolitzer, uh, which there's not I a lot of. I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't really hear the Wolitzer too much. It's later on, I believe. Um, and then you have Tim Drummond on the bass, Ralph Molino on drums. Um, yeah, I mean. I think obviously it's kind of talking about the downside of being famous. Um, uh, he just said, "Though my problems are meaningless, they don't make them go away." That's uh, <laughs> that's another one you can you can say all day. You know, everything doesn't really matter. This isn't a problem, but it's still there, lingering. Whatever your issue is, it's it's kind of like that fame does not uh, does fame and money don't solve all your problems. Yeah. Uh, Basically, he's, he, I mean, like, as we talked about earlier, he's definitely having issues with fame and, and issues with uh, people's expectations of him or for him. And this is just kind of another thing like, hey, guys, I'm uh, a human being as well. Yeah. And, and I wonder if he's, uh, you know, at all not nervous. I don't know what the word is, but just concerned that this all could go away. Yeah, I think I think definitely it's uh, it's anxiety for for his for his life. I mean, it's it's kind of general human anxiety. Yeah, he got to where you're supposed to get to mm -hmm. as a rock star. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like he's, uh, you know, a more alone than he's been before. He's uh, hoping the world doesn't turn away from him. He needs a crowd of people, but he can't face them day to day. So, you know, that's he's got to do his job, get up in front of people, but sometimes he doesn't really want to. And, and you know, he is kind of a solitary man he's not you, you don't i mean obviously he's older now but even back in the day he wasn't out there on the papers no, or yeah so, sort of a uh, sort of a grumpy person yeah even you know, like a grumpy old man even in his like 20s and yeah. 30s uh he's got his train set yeah that's great yeah <laughs> he's uh kind of a hermit not a uh, i wouldn't say hermit hermit's definitely a aggressive word but yeah he's he's got let, leave me alone I yeah mean, I mean, who doesn't? And it, and it's also he's not leave me alone. I've been this way forever. It's you know I've played your your game here, mm -hmm. and I'm just not buying it. Uh, the music business is a little phony for me, and you know the people I'm around, hangers on. And, and then you got the, I went to the radio interview radio interview, but I ended up alone at the microphone. That is darkness, and you can hear that sometimes in the interviews from a whole bunch of different musicians and other celebrities is you got the hey everybody um uh, billy julie what so billy uh, bob Neil baxter Young, uh, why are you wearing a blue shirt today buddy <laughs> you know just uh, i feel like just i've answered these questions you don't really care you're just trying it, to sell it's, it's kind of uh it's kind of those pimps uh those pimps at the door charging ten dollars at the door to the uh the seasick mamas yeah or the seasick sailors uh kind of thing of of use you abuse you money dine you six to nine you and 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 make a buck off you kind yeah. of alluding back to that same thing yeah but uh at the same time he throws in probably uh, maybe one of his best souls of all time but uh um, for for this album absolutely for in my opinion um perfectly played hits all the right notes let's let's give it a listen 
Yeah, I mean, pretty. if you don't like <laughs> that that solo, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, you can go fuck right off. And the there's uh, the waltzer. Yeah, there we're, you go. Yeah, this this song I imagine is being like one of those songs where a band jamming together is high. Yeah, very high. And just kind of their eyes are closed, but they're just <laughs> grooving on that like do do do. And er, every once in a while, and then Neil hits those notes, and they all smile. They're like, ah, cool, <laughs> man. And then I can just see you can play that. Oh, for for half Forever. an hour, for forty five minutes, and yeah. just jam out on that. Yeah. And it seems like this was just like okay, we like figured out something in our like eyes closed shoegaze moment, and looking down on the fo- you know just kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, th- another another drippy droopy song. Yeah, I mean the honey slides have. Definitely kicked in now. Yes. Heavily. <laughs> You're on full honey slides. They, I floor. mean, they said some people were just laying on the floor. Like, it, yeah, it, this is... They're in another dimension right now, for sure. And it, it, but it doesn't take you... It doesn't take you like, oh, okay. Fucking guys, you guys are just... Uh, you guys doodling here. Yeah. yeah. You guys aren't fish, you know. Or, yeah, or no, none like of that. that. It, it's, it's still a consistent, s- solid song all the way through. And George and I are not high right now. You don't have to be. You know, there's some music that was Speak written high. Speak for yourself, and it's, pal. Uh, maybe you no, are. I'm not. But, <laughs> e- you know, uh, there's some music that's written high and meant to, you know, it just sounds good. Well, ev- I guess everything is enhanced when, it, when you're high. But this, y- you put this on, I, I think this, especially this side of the album, Play this really loud. Turn off all the lights. Mm-hmm. Nighttime, and if it doesn't hit you, I mean, I don't know. Th- this this is meant to uh, kind of get in your subconscious and, and fuck with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but that solo is just killer. Just and I, f- I feel like every note is perfect, and he does the little bow 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 bow. And I, f- I feel like a lot of solos, you can kind of see where the guy's gonna go. There's a couple notes in there where do like, do ooh, do I do didn't, do yeah, do I, I yeah. didn't hear that one coming. Yeah, and it's and it's better than you know your your brain is kind of gonna filth. And I, obviously, I know the solo by now, so it's like it, but it's got those. It, it doesn't fit the perfect format of like right. where it's where this is supposed to go yeah. up scales or whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, solid fucking tune. And just shows that Neil Young is no slouch on the guitar. He's, he's never been a show-off type of guy, flashy, but he uh, puts so much emotion in it that uh, it's it's a thing of beauty. Um, so on the beach, seven minute, just uh, yeah, just a, a thing of beauty right there. I don't know what else to say about that song, but uh, good job, Graham Nash on the Wolitzer as well. And it heads into motion pictures and uh you know as we said before we're gonna keep on the honey slide feel um there you go Do 
God damn, that's pretty. Another uh, another nod or, or uh, knockdown on the entertainment industry, recording industry in this one. Well, so the song is called Motion Pictures, and then and for Carrie, yeah, for Carrie, which was his lady at the time. Uh, I believe it's Carrie Snodgrass. I, mean, I, I hope can see that's, why he went after her. It's a terrible last a name, name like that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> if you have that last name, you're not going to be in relationships too long because like, you can't keep on saying I'm with this girl named yeah. Snuggers. But uh, yeah, apparently, it's, I don't know if it's f- to her or he was thinking of her during this. Um, you know, because you don't really see anything directed uh, besides the the last line. Uh, I'll stand before you and I'll bring a smile to your eyes, which beautiful. But mm-hmm. the, nothing else really alluding to. A girl. Um, I think it's just. Uh, again, it's and I don't want to keep bringing up the the honey slides, but it's just he sounds like he's just kind of ranting about little visions in his head. You know, he's talking about mountains and, and the dew and ducks. Kind of just everything is kind of just existing as is and should be, and yeah. you should it's be very, as well. Very stream of consciousness uh, lyrics, but I do like I do like. Um, that the one line, I mean, and that's why I said it's kind of a, a knock to the, the entertainment industry. But I won't buy, sell, borrow, or trade anything I have to be like one of them. I'd rather start all over again. Yeah. And that's kind of you know, what exactly is he? He doesn't want to play the game. I think he he's I, I think he, in this one he's kind of calling for a simpler life for himself. Yeah. Or you know, longs for that simpler life. Uh, I think he's already in it, and he he realizes this is where he wants to be. You know, he's he's here, and the mountains are doing fine. Morning glory's on the vine. Dew is falling. The ducks are calling. He's kind of just out in nature, and I know he's got a pretty good amount of acreage on his his ranch. land. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in his ranch, and uh, no need to really leave to go hang well, out with people yeah. that. Why? Yeah. For what? Yeah, he's, absolutely. He's and just and like he's like the internet will be out in twenty years, and we can chat then <laughs> on Facebook Messenger. Until then, see you later, fuckers. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, so it is, and and maybe he's saying that to Carrie, like, let's just get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, I know that during they, I think they broke up soon after this album. Um, so I think they were in a, kind of a rough area. She was mad that he put it in parentheses for Carrie. Yeah, it should have been for Carrie motion pictures. Yeah, he, she she actually wanted the album to be called for Carrie, <laughs> and oh. she broke up with him for that. Um, but I mean, j- uh, another beautiful song off this. This I- you can see that these two albums were gonna start the album off. These two songs, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did I say two albums? These two albums are gonna yeah. start the album off. Uh, the honey slides. Even I talking about honey slides, I'm feeling like. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think the move of starting starting with Walk On was the right move in yep. the context of this because I like. I mean, it's obviously us being familiar by this point That's with true. the track listings and all that. Yeah. But I mean, you can't argue with 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 track. I mean, and 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 another 
big reason we wanted to do this podcast is for us to talk about great albums from top to bottom. Right. I mean, we uh, to to yeah, we all love great songs, but just this is we're going album to album, and in the and in discussing albums, track listings, and and how things fit, especially in the seventies, and and it's kind of, it's dying off or it's it's almost dead now. Putting together solid, not it's not almost dead, and it's not like it's not over, but the art of the album every, every, from you know top to bottom it's got to have a it's flows how it flows and yeah. i think this is the way it's on the way the tracks are listed here it's it, it's pretty damn near perfect pretty phenomenal yeah and uh, i'm glad they didn't mix up these last three songs uh you know m- maybe people want something to speed up here at the end but i i, I like how you just it's kind of drifting away mm-hmm. at the end on mm-hmm. the beach you know just now we're coasting here yeah, so I, I do like the uh, I do like this album ending on these songs instead of starting off. It, it might have been a little too slow, and then picking up at the end, it might have seemed weird. Um, I, uh, let's see if we can play one section of this song, um, one or one other section. I know we played quite a bit of it, but it's so pretty that you just kind of forget that uh, we should be talking about it, not listening. But here's another little section of uh, motion pictures. So all those headlines. For me now, I'm deep inside myself, but I'll get out somehow, and I'll stand before you, and I'll bring a smile. Yeah, I think he's, uh, that, that does sound like he's apologizing for something that that what we just heard mm-hmm. you know he's he's deep inside himself you know he's kind of maybe feels like he's he hasn't been paying attention to her been lost in his own head you know all the shit that's going on and, and kind of annoying or ignoring her i don't know that's i do like that i'm deep inside but i'll get out of somehow that's optimistic he's in a dark place but he's 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 Gonna pull out. He's gonna <laughs> he pull out of it. He's gonna pull out. How about that? Uh, those that percussion bongos. Whoever going is on, on the bongos, which is Ralph <laughs> Molina, is barely awake. What? I, <laughs> he totally I think one oh time. Yeah, that's right. This is my time. I just like. And not. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Barely getting, barely getting by, Ralph. He's just hanging on. I I see him like lying down, his his face in the ground, and he's just. He's got one arm to the side, and he's just trying to hit the hand. He's, the not, he's not even hitting it straight on. No, he, he's, he's hitting the side of the sides, wood. Yeah. But it's mic'd, so you can still hear you know, a sound. Yeah, and then right when the song ends, he's like, that was great, guys. And then just like, go back to bed, yeah. Ralph. Yeah. Call you on the next one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, another great tune off the, uh, the second side. And uh, anything else you have for that song, or do you want to move on? I'm, uh, I'm ready to move on. I think that song... Uh, Motion pictures is might be the I wouldn't say the prettiest, but yeah. it, it's 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 another beautiful song. It, it's it's a beautiful song. It is, and it's it's only four chords um, over and over and over again for uh, how long is that song? I, I, I missed it. Four and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got the same uh, chord progression. I just thought of this. I remember talking about this before um, as something by the Beatles. There's a lot of the, the, that C to the C seventh. Uh-huh. Um, the, it's missing one chord, and then it goes to the F. Um, you can kind of sing along to that. It's got that same chord progression. Um, 
and something is another ridiculously beautiful song. So that C to F chord progression, there's just something about it. You could play it, that for days. And, I think uh, it, it goes from sad to uplifting. Yeah, you're like, I don't know. Sad, I'm back yeah. up again. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, great song. Um, and now we end with the other epic, almost seven-minute song. And this one, I mean... He's just going out there. There's, uh, well, we'll talk more about it. But he's he's not going into choruses. He's just uh, there's just tons of verses. A break, back to verses. It is called Ambulance Blues. And uh, that is Ambulance Blues. Um, I mean, th there's a lot to this song because it's it's the most lyrics on the mm -hmm. first song on the al on the yeah, album. Definitely. Um, is it the longest uh, time-wise? I think it's only a couple seconds shorter. To think uh, it has no choruses. No choruses. Uh, if any, it, you know, he he'll do a verse and then. Uh, Rusty Kershaw will come in with the fiddle, which is just, it sounds so good between right. it. Um, Neil Young also has a pretty good amount of little harmonica moments on this, too later, la a little later in the song. Um, and this is, you know, Ambulance Blues. Uh, it starts off him just talking about back in the day. I mean, it starts off back in the old folky days. You know, he started off as a folk singer in mm -hmm. Canada. Um, and I, it's, it's looking back and knowing that, that it, that's over those days, you know, just youth, um, the, the kind of magic that they felt like they were on a revolution. They mm -hmm. were, st something was starting there and it's that that's over. That dream's over. It's, I think it's another one of the, another one of his, uh, I'm an older guy now songs. It's 29. Yeah. During <laughs> Isn't that retarded? Yeah. So this is his what? Seventh album. <sighs> <laughs> I don't. It's okay. I just don't understand. All right, like an old man over here. Yeah, that you know the the other thing about like it, people giving him or just all the all, especially a lot of those that during that time the classic rockers they're they were out of their league in politics or, or their opinions are too um, flighty with their thoughts and not really grounded in reality. It's like they were all in their young twenties. Mm -hmm. But when I listen to this, he, this sounds older than me, and I'm older than this. Yeah. What do you he still sounds older. This sounds like a forty-year-old man yeah. or a forty-five-year-old man. Or, I mean, so how old was he when when this when on the beach came out? Twenty-nine. 
Jesus Christ. I yeah. mean, yeah, he's got, and he's he's already talking about like the good old days, right? <laughs> yeah, if you think he would, he would, uh, he thought he would be as old as he is, still alive now, and he's just like, well, this is already over. But I can, <laughs> I, I, I can relate to to that. There's a, it's it's not like. Um, you're not talking about ch- well childhood. That that's the other thing. That's you know that that part. But just that innocence of you first becoming an adult, and then just n- the day to day. You've been ten years. Yeah. You know, you're that's that's a decade gone by since you were eighteen, nineteen. And being famous will age you. Yeah, and you know living that lifestyle. Um, but so yeah, this is definitely a, a looking back song. I know uh, the second verse is Oh Isabella, proud Isabella. That was the street that he lived on in Canada um, with uh, Rick James. The Rick James. Okay. They, they were in a band together back in the <coughs> early, late 60s. Uh, and he lived on Isabella Street with Rick James for a little time in an apartment. Get the fuck out of here. No, and they tore it down. And yep, so they, they eventually got rid of it. Um, he talks about the riverboat was rocking. Apparently, that was the place they played called the riverboat. Uh-huh. I think it was still there until recently. I'm not sure if it is in Canada. Yeah, I wish I had more info on the Rick James uh, part to, to I, share. I remember seeing something a while ago, but that's just yeah. like yeah. one of those too good to be true type, type yeah. things. If, yeah, if anyone told you that, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, Neil Young and, and, and Super Freak. Okay. Yeah, we're in the band together. Um, yeah, and so he's just just going off on um, kind of looking back on, on his life. That's what it sounds like to me. Ambulance Blues, uh, you know, I like the, the line... Um, it's hard. Well, he even says uh, one of the lyrics. It's mm-hmm. hard to say the meaning of this song. It's just looking at that. So <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even know what he's saying. And an ambulance can only go so fast. It's easy to get buried in the past. The ambulance can only go so fast. That, like there's only so much people can, I, or I can help, or we can help each mm-hmm. other. Only so much you can do. Yeah. Again, you're gonna die. With the, I, I think if you listen to the album without without uh, really paying much attention to the to the lyrics, you're gonna you think, oh, this is kind of a, a just a general happy, maybe a little melancholy, uh, you know, album. But when you look at the lyrics and break it down, how he's actually feeling, it's like every every album is a despair. You have a couple lines here and there about you know, oh, I'll see your face one day and you'll smile, but almost everything else is just we're gonna die. Yeah, and but but I but when when I say that, and when I listen to this, I don't get in that mood like oh, I'm gonna die. Oh no, me neither. It's it's I'm definitely not. Kind of want to walk out on a nice sunny day and yeah. enjoy it a little more. It's Absolutely. a little more. It's inspirational instead of like a happy dancey song where I'm just kind of like yeah. Now I yeah. feel worse. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I do opposite of what what's supposed to be done. <laughs> yeah, different different strokes for different folks. Oh, we're about to come up on a part here. Let's listen to this. This is probably my favorite line. And I still Here we go. You're all just pissing in the wind. You don't know it, but you are. And there ain't nothing. There ain't nothing like a friend who can just tell you you're just pissing in the wind. You know, I don't know if that's being mean to the person and telling them that I think it's more just humbling them down if if they're either 
getting ahead of themselves to call them out on maybe some bullshit, or if they're too down to the dumps, to, to you know, just kind of give them a, hey, brother, I'm there too. We're all there together, as George is not with me right now. No, there's a... Uh, Son of a there's, bitch. No, I'm totally with you. That that line, pissing in the wind, I, co- I think it comes from his manager. Bob Dylan. Uh, we're all uh, just pissing in the wind. Is that where... Is no. That where, no. Thanks for uh, giving it to me. <laughs> no, that, that it came from... Uh, it came from, I think, his manager or something like that. Uh, the, so- uh, the song explores Young's feelings about his critics, Richard Nixon and the state of uh, <clears throat> in the state of New York. The line, you're all just pissing in the wind, was a direct quote from Young's manager regarding the inactivity of the quartet. Or, uh, uh, sorry, the uh, the state of Crosby Stills. Uh, you're like you were saying earlier, Crosby Stills, Nash & Young. Yep. They're just wasting their time not putting shit out. Uh, so it was about it was about then. Yeah. So maybe that was the line I meant to refer yeah. to when I was talking yeah. about that. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, it's a great great line. Yeah, uh, uh, I read dissolution of political idealism, the romance of childhood gone. Yeah, it's it's everything. It's just kind of a, a summation of where Neil Young is at twenty nine, and he's it's kind of bleak, but yeah. he's seen some dark stuff. You and know, to think that he ended his album with this song. Yeah. And again, that wasn't the original design intent of it, but to end to end with this one, where it's it it is this chorusless uh, chorusless song, um, and every 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 verse is kind of separate from the next one. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It, there's no direct line. I mean, he does start in his child or his early days and kind of moves throughout, but it's it's kind of scattered again. Back on the honey slides, he's he's just getting these little thoughts bubbles and throwing them out there a little verse farts um and another part of this song is uh he eventually came out and and said he unintentionally lifted the melody and i have heard other podcasters try to say this guy's name i should have done the research but bert yanch or bert janch j-a-n-s-c-h bert yanch bert yanch we're gonna go with bert yanch everybody uh he had a song called uh needle of death um, it's kind of the same chord progression and melody. Uh, let's just give it a quick listen. When sadness fills your heart, sorrow hides the longing. Yeah, here. It's almost a little, yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's very uh, Peter Paul and Mary ish. Yeah, it is. It's got that clean sound. It's. Even just his, his, his singing. I gotta check that guy out. Yeah, like pretty it, pretty good stuff. Um, Bert Yanch. And, and Neil had a little something to say about that. He, he openly accepted that it was lifted, you know, it wasn't intentional. Uh, he said, as for the acoustic guitar, Bert Yanch is on the same level as Jimi Hendrix. The first record, record of his is epic. I was especially taken by Needle of Death. Such a beautiful and angry song. That guy was so good. Uh, and years later on the beach, I wrote the melody of Ambulance Blues by styling the guitar part completely on Needle of Death. I wasn't even aware of it, and someone else drew my attention to it. So, you know, that, that happens. 
It, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. If you write a chord progression over and over, a simple one, there's, uh, there's tons of different melodies you can think of, but sometimes you kind of just glide onto the, the one that feels right. Yeah, and, and, and to think, like, uh, he would be stealing it. Yeah. For the sake of stealing it. Yeah. Uh, it's also a nice little homage thing. Um, I, I'll check that Needle of Death song out with Burt Yench. Yeah, Burt Yench. So, I mean, that probably gave him a little... Uh, little help too. I don't know if the man's still alive, but uh sounded like he wasn't. That's true. He Maybe did heroin. say <laughs> You're gonna guess her heroin, needle yeah. of death. Mm-hmm. It could be. So kind of smacks you on the face. It does. And <laughs> that is uh on the beach. That's on by the Neil beach. Young. Um so that was uh, Neil Young on the beach. Like I just like Charlie just said <laughs> and I to stumble with words. Uh the point of us doing this podcast is us just kind of shooting the shit and talking about an album, but ultimately it's to get people who may maybe have not heard these albums to listen through as an album, listen to them in order. Like we were saying earlier about the the art of the album, it's definitely something that's getting getting lost in in, in stuff that's being released now. Mm-hmm. Um, go back and 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 listen to these full songs, listen yeah. to the whole album. Um, get yourself and, and, and really listen to the albums. I mean, this isn't you, you're not going to really feel this album. I mean, just like anything else, if it's if it's in the background, um, like you were saying earlier, just put a good pair of headphones on, turn it loud, maybe yeah. go for a walk, maybe go and stay in a dark room and and, and, and listen to it and really listen to what Neil Young has to say. Um, I mean, for our first podcast uh, doing this, it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was cool. And, and you know, uh, we live in a time now, especially out in California, everyone's, you know, meditating. I, I think it's a great idea to meditate, but maybe you can just put an album on and meditate for 45 minutes listening to a good album. Yeah, and I think this is a very tranquil. Yeah, this would be one to t- try it out on. Um, <coughs> th- you know, whatever, you do what the fuck you want. But uh, just uh, giving a full listen to an album is sometimes... Uh, I think it's needed in, in, in these uh, these days of, and, and I'm very guilty. I'll just put on, oh God, I play Spotify, just random, my starred yeah. albums all the time. Yeah. I do like having the randomness of it, but every once in a while you just need to dive in there, just like you're reading a, gr- a great book. Um, to kind of end this, uh, Neil Young did have a kind of overall um, quote about On the Beach, and it wasn't specifically about what the album's about, but he said... Uh, there's periods of depression, periods of elation, optimism, and skepticism. Whole thing keeps coming in like waves. You go down to the beach and you watch the same thing. Just imagine every wave is a different set of emotions coming in. If you start shutting yourself off and not letting yourself live through the things coming through you, I think that's when people start getting old fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of a nice summary of uh, the album and Walk on. Yeah. Uh, you want to? Well, yeah. And, and one other quick thing. That, so just, j- just quickly on Neil Young is I kind of got uh, acquainted with him more when in my early teens through Pearl Jam. Uh, they did an album together. Uh, I think it's called God, and I can't remember the name. Rear? No, not Rearview Mirror. Um, I already forget the name of the album. It's only had a couple songs. He had a song that he did with them. He plays uh, lead guitar. Eddie's singing, but the um, the, the guitar is just so great at the end, and that's kind of where I got more interested in them. And I like that. I like how other bands help other bands, even though Neil Young, Neil Young doesn't need any help getting attention, but 
you know, when you're in your generation, listening to your music, you're not definitely looking back at. And th this song kind of got me into. It. I'll just play the the solo to uh, to this album. Um, but then again, it just shows that you know he went through his '80s kind of phase, came back in the '90s, and uh, can, he's called the the grand or the godfather of grunge or whatever that means because he wears a flannel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But exactly. he's also like it, like some. I can see that in some of the songs, like "Rocking in the Free World" or something. Rocking like that, in the Free World, kinda, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you have listened all the way through, uh, thank you. I don't know why. Maybe you just you know us and you just feel bad and you're like, oh, I'll just get this. Well, I really appreciate it. Um, but if you actually are gonna give the album listen, enjoy. I I kind of want to find this on vinyl. It's it will be one of my my hunts in my slow vinyl collection that I'm doing. But uh, this is definitely one that I'm going to want to have on there. Um, so we're, we're, should we leave with this? Or, or should I just play a smidgen and then we'll go out on? Play a smidge and then we'll go to, uh, we'll, we'll end it with some nail. All right. I just wanted to play one little part of nail. Just the, him in the 90s uh, playing a little guitar. Now he's probably in his 50s at that time. Oh, yeah, Neil Jam. And uh, <laughs> Neil Jam coming in, killing it. All right, everybody, uh, take your honey slides and uh, enjoy the rest of your life. Thanks, guys. Love you. <laughs> Love you, guys.
Walk on. Walk on.